Hello, welcome to the Parent Pivot Podcast. This is Julia Cummings with and I'm, my husband. Yes, my husband, your husband, Steve. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I am kicking it off to Steve today. We, um, in gearing up for the new year, Steve has come up with 10 things. 10 things. To perhaps be working on with your adult children this year. Um, and so... I'm going to kick it off to him. As as I do that, though, I do have to say that we have not conquered these 10 things. No, we continue to work on them ourselves. In fact, in one of them, we're like, going, okay, we've got some work to do in this one. Yeah. So, so here are hearts. We are, um, do our best to be raw and authentic. And so <laughs> as we were um, going through these 10 things today, the reality is that we're we're struggling with a couple of them. Yeah. So um, let me kick that off to you and you can share your heart behind making this list. Absolutely. Uh, and, and really what we want to talk about is all year we've talked about a whole bunch of things. Um, and I just want to revisit that and really say, hey, if your heart's desire is to become a champion partner to your adult children, I'm just looking back over the past uh, 12 months. We're about ready to hit our 52nd podcast here soon in early January. And I'm just looking back going, hey, if I'm on the other side and I'm listening to all these podcasts, what are the 10 things that really could uh, focus on to become a champion partner to our adult children and pivot well from being a parent? The first one up I have is to be safe. What does that mean? Um, be safe means you give your adult children um, a listening ear that they can share anything that's on their heart and not feel judged or condemned or scolded or shamed in any way, but that um, we could just listen. And that's a challenge. And, it is. And even, um, you know, I, I think both of us kind of struggle with this is even when you're you're trying to be a listening ear to your children, you have a tendency to bring it back to you, where you go, oh, I can relate to this, this happened to me. And I think where we fail, probably on some level, is that we aren't just listening. No, that we do somehow turn it back to us about our own experience, about what we have gone through ourselves and things like that, and our, our Adult kids aren't necessarily asking for that. We've probably shared a lot of our experiences already right. with them. And so in that moment, just listening, not providing um, uh, answers. You don't need to have commentary or, going back and forth. Yeah. You, really what it takes to be create a safe space is to listen. Well, what, well, the second one is, we'll get to that. It's going to transition right out of being safe. But it is to be curious. Mm. Have a curious heart. Uh, and ask good questions. Seek to understand uh, as opposed to countering what they're feeling or saying. As soon as you shut them down and make them feel like they're wrong or they shouldn't have said something or you react to it, you have created an unsafe space. And, or if you're trying to fix it. Or if you're trying to fix it. So the best way to create a safe space is to just say anything and everything is open game and on the table. And remember, it's their perspective. They are trying to make sense of their worldview of growing up in your home and what that looked like. And there's no right or wrong here. It's just seeking to understand and saying, I get it. I understand. Wow. Tell me more. Mm. Wow. I'm so sorry. And, and things like that. And you're not really trying to fix it. You're not feeling 
that there's shame being brought on you, um, even though the the accuser's going to want to do that. The accuser's going to tell you you're an awful parent. I'll tell you, that's the hardest thing for me is as hard as I work at trying to be a good dad, if I realize that somehow, some way I've hurt my kids, and we all do, I take that hard. And I know you take that hard too, sweetie. Yeah. So um, creating a safe space for your adult children to to talk is is hard, and it's it's an ongoing thing, and you have to surrender that to God and saying, I just want to hear their heart. So that's number one. Number two uh, is to listen well, um, which kind of goes with 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 being safe. But listening well means you're asking good questions. You're active listening. And I always try to give people the understanding that's as simple as the drive through restaurant where the person says, I want a large fry, a Big Mac, and a, and a Coke. And listening well means, why would you, it means you're going, oh, what I hear you saying is you want a large fry, a Big Mac, and a Coke. That would be listening well. I, I, I'm listening to what you're saying, and I'm not just hearing you. Hearing is when we are re- preparing in our heart uh, everything that we're going to say as soon as this other person stops talking. That's not listening. Mm-hmm. Listening well means you're seeking to understand. You're asking good questions. And yeah, you have anything to add to that one, sweetie? Yeah, I think the piece that you said before about curiosity is important. Yeah. Being curious about their heart, being curious um, about their perspective, being curious about how they perceive things or have perceived things. And then respecting that, not arguing with that, not correcting them, but just being curious about their heart. Right. So that's that one. I think we've talked, we've covered that really well. The third one, keep your mouth closed. I mean, that's been the the primary theme of our entire podcast when we started based on Jim Burns' book. And by the way, we still have some copies, have some copies of his book, How to Do Life with Your Adult Children, Keep Your Mouth Shut, and then Welcome Matt out. If you would like a copy and haven't read it yet, uh, email us at parentpivotpodcast at gmail.com and give us an address and we will send that out to you. But yeah, keeping our mouth closed. Um, when things pop up, the natural tendency is to want to respond to it. And it's not always the right time, and nor is their heart prepared to that because the trust issue, the safety issue, hasn't been built yet. When you can build a safe, trusting, back and forth relationship, then you can be able to then ask permission. I don't think we should even jump in to saying, you know, here, here's my unsolicited opinion, unsolicited advice. You want to be able to say, hey, is it okay if I speak into that? And they might not be ready to hear that. And then you might, you've got to give them the permission to say, maybe not today, mom or dad. Um, I don't, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not ready for that, but maybe another time. And you have to respect those boundaries. Yep. But always ask permission um, when you want to speak up and say something. And just wait for that opportunity. So, you know, number, number four, three, uh, keep your mouth closed. Mm-hmm. Anything to add? No. Okay. Uh, number four, uh, one of my favorites is to speak life. Um, we talked about this in an earlier podcast. We devoted an entire podcast to speaking life. And that is basically... Hey, look for things to encourage, lift up, affirm, and validate your adult child. You know, um, obviously, as it happens, it could be something that you see them do with their kids or or at a character trait. Um, uh, you don't you don't say, "Hey, good job on going to work today." Um, that's not what you're looking for. You're looking for something that you can uniquely invest in them and add to their bank where they feel good about themselves. Speak life into them. Yeah, and speak life over them. Um, I that one is so all encompassing of so many different things. 
Um, because speaking life is also not, you know, when we see our adult kids do things differently than we do, we often want to ask the question, why? Um, why do they do that? You're not doing like I do. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so you don't want to be asking the question, why? You want to respect who they are and let them know that. Right. Um, Especially, like, I, I think as people raise their children differently than you did, and, and we've all been witness to this, even with our friends, when we were raising our children, we'd look at friends raising their children, and they, you'd be like, why the heck do they do that? Or what, you know? And part of it is you just need to appreciate how somebody else is different than you. Right. And, and let them know they're a good parent. They do things well. They... You love their gifts. You love their talents. You, yeah, speaking life over And I think the the bottom line is just be an encourager. Like even if they're struggling to find a job, you see them fighting. I love how you have a tenacious spirit. You're always persevering. Mm. You're getting out there. You're stepping outside of the box. You're you're putting yourself out there. I mean, find ways to encourage. That's what we mean by speaking life. That is number four. Yeah. Number five, stay in your lane. (laughs) What do we mean by that? Well, um, it's real easy for us to get out of our lane and we can begin parenting. Uh, we can begin overstepping boundaries and, 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 be, and, and teaching and parenting grandchildren when that's not our, our job. Um, all sorts of things. What, what comes to your mind, Helen, when I say stay in your lane? Yeah, mostly what comes to mind is when, um, is mostly like with parenting your grandchildren, but also their relationships. Um, it's easy to look at somebody else's relationship and see what they're lacking or what needs to happen or be done. And um, yeah, I just I think I think that's a a big thing. Well, and I, I guess to the thing that comes to mind is boundaries. We did a podcast on boundaries early yeah. in the year, so go check those out. But you know, stay in your lane, keep those good boundaries. Um, again, all of these things are kind of related where you're uh, keeping your mouth closed and things like that. Yeah. Stay in the partner lane, not the parenting lane. We want, we want to help you pivot well, um, but stay in the partner lane and fight uh, the urge to parent uh, and things. That's really what we mean by stay in your lane. You're trying to read the next one. Julie doesn't have her glasses on. She's looking at my phone trying to get the, the next one. I'm trying to, well, and I'm just trying to think more about that stay in your lane and how important that is of um, just, yeah, boundaries. Keep your boundaries. Well, and stay in your lane really encompasses all 10 of these things. If you're yes. doing all 10 of these things, you are staying in your lane. Yeah. If you find yourself drifting, that means of these 10 things, you're, you're bumping over and out of one of them. So really stay in your lane. Right. Just follow these 10 things. You are in your lane. Not my pig, not my farm. Exactly. That's, my That's number five. So we got five more to go. Uh, number six, own it. Own it. Own it. Yeah, I couldn't read that. I think, <laughs> I think that's the hardest thing. It takes a heart of humility to be able to look back and go, oh, yeah, you know what? I, you know, I, I'll own that. Will you, will you forgive me? Yeah. Um, and things. And that wasn't my intent. I can see how that may have harmed or hurt you or things like that. And that's really all our adult children want to hear from us. That's all anybody wants to hear when you're repairing a relationship. Yeah. Own what you can own. Um, you know, when you, when you hear somebody say they got hurt and pain and there's been some offense, you know, Matthew 18 says, go talk to the person. You want to listen well. 
You want to validate how they're feeling from their side of things, and you want to own what you can own um, without fixing it and just say, I'm so sorry. So own as much as you can. Um, and for what you can't own, we, we, do you have anything to add to own? No, but even if you feel like there are things you don't agree with, I'm going to emphasize this once again. This is their perspective. Right. And their perspective is their reality. So even though you may know if there's a certain situation that, you know, they're not remembering the way you remember it. And so there's some discrepancy there. The fact of the matter is, is that they, their perception is what they have, has formed them in some way. So own the fact that this is their perception, own the fact that, wow, that hurt you. And it seems to have hurt you for a long time. And what can I do? I mean, always following up with the question of what can I do to make that right? What can I do to change my behavior? What can I do that will somehow repair this with you? If you find yourself, uh, what happens when we don't own it is we find ourselves getting defensive. Yeah. We start explaining, well, here's why. And when you start sensing that you're doing that, you're not owning things well. Right. And what you just mentioned was, you know, we're not necessarily owning that this is reality. You're owning their perspective and seeing how they see life through their eyes. And so you want to own uh, as best you can. So that's number uh, six, own it. Number seven, we've talked about this many, many times. I think the biggest thing we do to help pivot from parent to partner is number seven, validate. Yes. What's it mean to validate, sweetie? Validate, validate, validate. I cannot stress that. That's got, I, should, I, should, I probably should put that as number one. But that it's, really, again, these things are all linked together. To they, create a safe space, you are validating. Yes. The I just, it, if you learn to validate well, it is it can change all of your relationships. Oh, yeah. Everything shifts. Everything shifts. If you learn to validate and just say, Wow. Wow, that I, I hear that. It must be tough um, to be able to say, even if you are the one confronting a situation, the validation might look like this. Let's say Steve has done something that has hurt me in some way. And I come to him and say... And I'm oblivious. Yeah. Let's say... It, which I usually am, by the way. <laughs> let's say it has to do with doing dishes. That he did the dishes and I had wanted to do them. I know that that's not reality and it doesn't matter. Or, but, or maybe putting them away in the wrong space? No? Uh, whatever. All right. I'm just giving some stupid example because it, it, it doesn't matter what it is. It's, it's the principle. But if I come to Steve and I say hey, my validation piece is, hey, I know you were just trying to help and I really, really appreciate that. Um, I was really looking forward to doing the dishes for this reason, A, B, and C. So it's actually coming to the person, if you're the one doing the confronting, saying, hey, I understand what you were thinking. I understand where you were coming from. I understand that this is the way you help. I understand that... Um, this is your uh, worldview and things have affected you in this way and this is why you did what you did. Um, But I need to let you know how I'm feeling in this moment and this is how I feel. And what we're really talking about is is having a heart of empathy, you know, Uh, and putting yourself in those person's shoes. And sometimes when when I've struggled with validating, I, I will come back to, I get it, you know, I totally understand. 
Um, I can see things from your perspective. It's not necessarily the best words that I can convey to you, but I'm showing you in some way, I'm stepping into your shoes and understanding that and validating. Do I have to agree with it? No, not necessarily because it's your perspective. I'm looking at it from your way and I want you to know I see what you see. Right. And it's okay to feel that way. Even though that might not be how I would interpret it or feel it, whatever. I want to step into her shoes and say, I can imagine how you must have felt with that and I'm so sorry that happened. You're validating. You're letting them know I see you and I understand. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay, that was number seven. A couple more. Number eight, keep resentment tank empty. What do I mean by that? Well, it's real easy to even after a conversation with somebody and, they, and maybe, you know, you're now it's like, oh, you get in the car and you drive away. It's like, oh, my gosh, da, 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 this person is aggravating. And you're, you're building up resentment. Like, why are they like that? And don't they see this and, and things? The resentment is just toxic. When it sits in your heart, it does nothing but fracture relationship. And guess what? People can see that and read that in you because your responses aren't necessarily genuine and authentic. They're plastic. They're um, hiding behind a mask and resentment says, I really don't want to be here. I'm only here because I have to. Uh, And you you shut down, you disengage, things like that. So keep an eye on that resentment tank. If you're feeling resentment, it's going to get toxic and you need to um, work on that. Find a safe person to process all that with so that the person that you're holding the resentment against um, doesn't get the worst of you. They can get the best of you. Does that make sense? Do you have anything to add on resentment? Yeah, I, I just like to say resentment is kind of the um, two-inch deep level of something. And that two inches of resentment can become a mile of bitterness. And so the piece of resentment can often turn into a real root of bitterness. And that is much more difficult to weed out. Yeah the a root of bitterness that that's super deep so yeah i mean we can't be holding grudges against any family member especially our adult children and resentment can be one of the keys that the devil likes to get in there and just drive a wedge between two people so it's look at your own heart which transitions us into number nine which i have as a uh our, our key here to becoming a champion partner to your adult children be aware about being right versus being in relationship mm. So a lot of all of life in relationship is really about being aware, being aware of your own heart, being aware of what is inside you. Why are we, uh, why do certain things bug us? Why do certain things uh, provoke us? Why do they trigger us? What is the real issue here? What am I really feeling? Oh, this isn't really related to you. It goes back to this. So be aware. Do I need to be right in the situation? No, I can let it go. It's trivial. I'd rather have relationship. So even if our adult child is pontificating about something and inside we're going, okay, I don't agree with that, I don't need to poke my nose into that and tell them that they're wrong for thinking that or believing that. I want to have a relationship with them and go, wow, that's very interesting. What? And I can ask questions. I can be curious as to how they got there. And I'm listening. I'm doing, I'm listening well. I'm trying to create a safe space. I'm keeping my mouth closed. I'm staying in my lane. I'm owning, I'm validating it because I want to be in relationship over being right. Right. Anything more to add? Um, gosh, there's so much that could be said about that. We, t- we talk about it really all the time because that really yeah. is the key to pivot from being a parent to a partner. Right. And, I, you know, the awareness piece, I think, is just really important because oftentimes we want to be right for a reason. 
And so if you have not dug into your own crap in life to figure out why that's important to you, to figure out how that becomes more important than the relationship, um, then you've got some work to do. You need to go and take a look at yourself. You need to maybe get into some therapy and talk about your own childhood and, you know, um, things like that. So it's valuing being aware enough to work on your relationships. Amen. All right, we're moving on to the last one, number 10, on becoming a champion partner to your adult children. One was be safe. Two, listen well. Keep your mouth closed. Four, speak life. Five, stay in your lane. Six, own it. Seven, validate. Eight, keep resentment tank empty. Nine, uh, being right versus being in a relationship. And number 10, I think this is the key to a lot of what you just said just now. Keep a teachable heart. Mm, Without having a teachable heart, we can come across as arrogant. We know it all. I can't change. Can't teach an old dog new tricks. I don't ever want to be that old dog that you can't teach new tricks to. I God's given us a lot in life, and I'm still learning. I want to keep a heart of learning. I want to have a heart that I can listen to my adult children in their pain, in their hurt, and when they come to me for advice, and I can learn from them. I've learned a lot from our adult kids, mm-hmm. um, and I've told them that. Um, there are so many, and I still continue to learn from them, because guess what? They're on the other side of me. They're experiencing me. I want to be the best version of me, especially to my family and to my grandkids. The only way I can do that is to have a teachable heart and a heart of humility. So I may have put that number one, but it's number 10. Um, Keeping a teachable heart will go a long, long way in deepening your relationship with your adult children, having healthy relationships into the next generation. And you're modeling for them what they can do for their kids. Yeah, absolutely. And if that... If that's something that you want to work on, I would suggest reading some books. Um, book that comes to mind that I've recommended before is How We Love by Mylan and Kay Yurkovich. Um, we'll put a link to that here in the show notes. You can yeah, find that on Amazon. It gives you some things to think about, about your own um, growing up years and how you were formed the way you were formed. And um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and so part of being teachable is... Learning. Learning, so, learning more about yourself. Yeah. yeah. So reading books can be helpful in that way. And one of the things I'm doing with my men's groups, uh, with my Bringing Kingdom ministry, is I have um, encouraged them, if they haven't taken the Enneagram, to not only take that uh, test, Enneagram, uh, if you can just Google the word Enneagram, I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. But in addition, once you find out your quote-unquote number, look at it as one uh, facet of understanding your heart, how you're wired. Some people go off the charts and go, oh, I'm this, and they live by it, and they, they're, they're seeing everything in life through that lens, and they're trying to th- figure out what their kids are and their friends are and whatever. That's going overboard because we uh, they do this by numbers and um, and things, but it just it, it's personality traits. It, what I love about it is it shows you what your unhealthy side is with the average side is and what the healthy side is then I would say get a copy of the book The Road Back to You and read about your number I found incredible healing and freedom when I got to my number and I read about the positive attributes of oh this is how God sees me and how I'm uh, an asset to the kingdom and who I am and that brought a tremendous amount of healing and things we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well so you have to say too though that when you read your number it can make you mad because you don't want to be that yeah you felt that way huh yeah I did um and 
So looking at the positive aspects is important because you can see the unhealthy parts where that you're like, I don't want to be that. Um, and I think that's where the teachable heart can come in. If you can look at that as just feedback uh, on the questions that you answered and go, okay, um, what does that look like? And how can I uh, allow the transformation of God and the Holy Spirit to change me into a healthier version of me is what we're looking for. Yeah. And that will, that will deepen and strengthen. When your, your adult children watch mom and dad, you know, really make the effort to continue to learn and be teachable and change and do all these things, you're going to draw them in so close. You're, like we talked about last week, the, the gravitational uh, pull uh, effect. They're going to enjoy being with you. They're going to enjoy being around you. They're going to come to you and ask you questions. It's a lot of hard work. Yeah. And you may be at different stages of creating all that, but it, it will pay off and stuff. So anything else on that, sweetie? No. I'm good. Hey, um, we hope you enjoy the rest of your holiday season here between Christmas and New Year's. Um, we are um, enjoying being on the West Coast and visiting our kids and uh, we're looking forward to 2024, what that will bring. Uh, in fact, we're gonna have two more grandchildren to add to the Cummings uh, tribe here in 2024, yeah. one at the end of January, maybe early February, and another one in April. Yeah. So we've got that we're looking forward to. Um, we just wish you the best. We um, wish you God's best in 2024. We pray that you'll continue to listen. If you enjoy this podcast, would you do what we ask it every, every, every week, please rate it review it, share it with your friends. Um, I'm finding every time I go someplace, I go, hey, I listen to your podcast, and I'm just flabbergasted. In fact, <laughs> all you in Canada and Australia listening to us, I'm amazed that you know it's gotten that far and y'all are listening to us. So thank you yeah. so much uh, for listening down under and up north. Um, we love y'all. And if there's anything that you have on your heart and want to share with us, you reach us at parentpivotpodcast at gmail.com. Until then, we want to wish you a happy 2024, and we'll talk to you next year on the Parent Pivot Podcast. Bye.